Hello to my fellow humans with true crime obsessions. Welcome back to Crime Obsessed Dog Mom. I am Michelle, the Crime Obsessed Dog Mom, with my co-host eating a little bit of dinner by my feet, the baby dog known as Rory. Today, we're going to look at the gruesome murder of Lauren Giddings. There's not too back much background noise today. My husband is watching a very loud show up right upstairs right now. I don't think he knows I'm recording, but hopefully you guys can't hear it in the background. Um, I have my little pick filter. It's pretty close, so I don't think it can. Uh, I don't think it, it can. But I apologize if you can. Um, but yeah, so welcome back. Uh, it's been our standard here two weeks. Hope everyone is doing well. Um, I can't believe that it's already going to be like April in a couple, couple weeks. It, it kind of blows my mind a little bit, but yeah, the year is just flying by, which is both exciting and nerve wracking with everything going on with the babies and everything. Um, we have two ultrasounds this week and I'm always nervous for them. And just, we go to the OB just to get the heart rate or, you know, the heartbeats and everything and check on them. And then they're going to finish up my anatomy uh, scan as well. So there's a couple little bit of little concerns that we have uh, on the anatomy scan, but we were pretty prepared for anything that might come from them. So we're excited regardless. And yeah, we're trucking along here and um, I'm definitely starting to feel them more, which is a really cool experience. Uh, it's not huge yet, not big movements, but every once in a while, I get a little, feels like I'm getting flicked from the inside every once in a while. So it's very cool. It's very odd, but it's exciting. And I'm continuing to like take my blood pressure and stuff because that's been a little bit of an, an issue, a little bit of a, it, it's not like preeclampsia yet, but we're trying to avoid that um, and avoiding any kind of bed rest. So, because I don't think I do well with bed rest, um, but we did talk to the high risk doctor this week and they will for sure be here by the end of June, which is crazy because I just said it's almost April. <laughs> um, but we're like planning my baby shower and everything. And, and it's scary because it's something that, you know, I was so excited for last time. Uh, I can't remember the last time I was to a baby shower because the baby last baby shower I should have been to. Um, well, went to my friends in November of 2021. Um, but the last baby shower I went to, was or supposed to go to was my sister-in-law's and unfortunately that was the weekend that I had the miscarriage and it's just I don't know if it's triggering a little bit but it's very scary um to think about to to make plans and to make reservations and to really let this become real and that's something I've been working on with my therapist a little bit she's like when are you going to be ready for this to be real because it is real like this is really happening and um it's just not, I think it's just a defensive mechanism, you know, kind of trying to protect myself. So it's been wild and, um, I can't believe like the next time I'll record is in April. Uh, it's it, that's, that's crazy to me. And, um, everything just going by so fast. I'm busy, very, 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 very busy at work, which has been great and sucky at the same time, but we're 
we're just trucking along. So today's a little bit of a, I think a longer case for me at least. Uh, it's Lauren, Lauren Giddings. Uh, she is, was born in April, uh, April 18th of 1984 in Tacoma Park, Maryland. Um, she ended up moving to Macon, Georgia uh, in 2008 um, to go to law school at Mercer University. Um, very much like myself, she was the very first person in her, uh, her family to go to college. She had done the undergrad and now she, you know, she went to law school and uh, like seven years or so of studies and she worked her ass off to get there. She ended up graduating from law school in 2011 um, and she wanted to work in criminal law. And one of the biggest things you have to do after law school is the bar. So she had to kind of prepare herself for the Georgia bar. So Lauren's sister, she has a sister named Caitlin. She was married, you know, she graduated. And then in June, um, that summer after she graduated, she did go home to Maryland to attend her sister's wedding. Um, and then, you know, she had to kind of, you know, lock down and really get studying. And so she went back to Macon, um, into her apartment, um, at Bannister's hall to study. She really just wanted to lock herself in and study and really commit a lot of time to it. Her apartment was actually right across from Mercer University. So that's where she really, she was just really locked in, really wanted to study. And she even told her parents, uh, Bill and Karen, then her sisters, Caitlin and Sarah, like, hey, I'm going to be studying nonstop for the while. Like, if you don't hear from me, like, don't be too scared. According to WGXA News, however, Caitlin's sister didn't hear from her in a while. You know, a few days, yes, but she didn't receive a call or text or anything in days. That's when she kind of started to get a little concerned, right? She was going to be locked down, but not, not, respond, not respond to texts or not send a call for days kind of situation. Um, and then at her one friend, Ashley, uh, Lauren's friend Ashley ended up calling Caitlin as well and was like, Hey, like something's going on. They were kind of starting to get a little worried. So on June 30th, um, Ashley ended up going to Lauren's apartment with a few of the other friends. Uh, she had a key and they ended up going into Lauren's apartment. They hadn't seen her in like four days, right? It's kind of weird. Um, everything looked normal. Nothing was out of place. Um, her law books were on the table. Her purse and keys were there. Her car was out, uh, her car was outside. Um, only thing was missing was Lauren. Um, so they ended up notifying the police. They, uh, when the police arrived, they looked through her apartment. Um, and like, just like her friends, they, everything kind of seemed in order. Um, nothing seemed to be like forced entry, which is like when something bad happens, right? They, they're looking for evidence of a forced entry. Um, and nothing really looked like it had been stolen. Like it looked like a very stoic apartment which can be weird, right? They use luminar, luminol, which if you don't know what that is, it's something that they spray. It's like a substance, a chemical substance that will light up in blue light under like a dark light, blue light. I think it's dark light. Um, and it will essentially show like traces of human fluids. So it could be like semen, it could be blood. Um, but they did do that. Um, and there weren't any they, they didn't see any uh, traces of blood of, of originally. Um, but then they ended up going into the bathroom of her apartment. 
um, and it lit up like a Christmas tree. Um, now at that point, the police were really com pretty, pretty confident that they weren't looking for an alive person. They were looking for a body. So once they, they quickly kind of like taped everything off, like they knew something was bad. Like this is a crime scene, something bad happened. And they ended up trying to search. They were searching the perimeter, trying to find any other, other evidence. So they go downstairs, they're searching around. They kind of get to the garbage area. Um, and they smell something that's very potent, something that they maybe have recognized from other kinds of cases. Um, one of the detectives on the case later, later told the oxygen series in ice, cold blood. While we were standing there, the wind started to turn. Immediately, I smelled an odor that I was very familiar with. We all smell things in life that smell bad. And that of a body or a decomposing body is one of the worst things you'll smell. But it has a very distinctive smell. They ended up opening a barrel um, and there was a trash bag inside. Um, and they found a torso of a body. They, the detective ended up continuing to say they did not find heads, a head, legs, or arms, uh, in any of the trash cans. Um, I, he said, I'd never seen anything like that before. Who could have done this? Because truthfully, only a monster could have do something like this. It was absolutely horrible. So naturally the police we're going and trying to speak to all of the residents in the area. There are about 16 apartments on that block in that area. There was one resident though that kind of stood out. He was helping right away. Like he was very invested in the search and everything. His name was Stephen McDaniel. They had been neighbors since their first year of law school for so for several years. Um, they did an interview and they were on live TV. And they had notified, he was just talking about such a nice girl. And maybe, maybe she went for a run. Like she was a runner, you know, maybe she got snatched up, which is like a weird thing to say. Right. And then the, I was just, I was just watching this interview. It's very, it, I would suggest looking it up just because of the way he reacts. He go, the, the interviewer goes, you know, um, you know, they found a, a body and he goes like, his entire demeanor changes and he goes body. And then he just like, doesn't say anything for a while. And he just looks shook, like not very shook. And he goes, I think I need to take a, like to sit down. And he apparently looked like stoic, like out of it, completely out of it. And this is just, this kind of like piqued the interest of the police because it was a very odd, a very, very odd reaction. So, they, he, and he ended up actually like letting the police go into his apartment um, because they're searching the whole building for clues, right? They did end up finding in his apartment something that should not have been there. And that was actually a master key for all of the apartments in the complex, which is, that's a very big responsibility to have a master key. So the fact that he got one and he is not like a soup, the super, he is not like the maintenance person, nothing like he is just a resident. And even when I was an RA back in the day, we only had a master key to just the floor, the, just the rooms on our floor. And if we ended up needing to do a, have a master key for the whole building, that was something we had to like check out the whole thing. And it, 
it was a lot. It was a big responsibility. We would have gotten in a lot of trouble if we had ever lost those. Um, so I know the responsibility of that. That's crazy that, I don't know, he, he, he like made, he found it, made a copy or something. But it's very weird that he had a master key for the entire complex. He ended up kind of being, they pushed him a little bit like, why do you have this master key? And he ended up admitting that he had broken into two of the neighboring apartments and stole one condom from each one. So he admitted to robbery, breaking and entering. Technically, right, he is breaking and entering regardless if he has the the key. So they ended up arresting him um, and they kind of wanted to continue to full, further interrogate him because he was just acting weird. He said things like, maybe she got snatched up, like just very weird. So they continued to look into this guy's apartment. They're doing everything they can, right? Um, big surprise, um, or not. Um, he had been stalking Lauren for a very long time. And this is something that Lauren had told some friends. Um, and it'll come back up in a little bit later too, about like an email that she had sent to her boyfriend at the time. It's very weird, very weird. Like that she just kept finding, coming home and finding stuff out of place. She just felt like someone was watching her. And unfortunately she was correct. And it was this little, as we find out about more about him, incel, Steven. He had images of her on a flash drive and even video footage taken from inside of her apartment. So like he had been in her apartment a lot of times and that's very weird. They ended up looking at his computer search history um, and it was a lot of hits like on her social media and her LinkedIn profile. Um, and it ended up coming coming out. They could tell by the search history that he had been looking at images of her on her social media, on her LinkedIn, while he was also looking up violent porn. So he was kind of getting a sick idea while looking at her. Uh, and I'm sure doing only things I don't want to think about. So... According to the Bibb County District Attorney, David Cook, who was the person he had also talked about the images, um, he had found, they had found a, he said, we found a deleted video he had used to survey her home. He had taken a wooden pole and had duct taped or somehow fixed that, a camera to the end of a pole and then held the pole up really high to peek inside of her window. Lauren had always been really nice to this guy. He had even actually met her parents, but she, like I said, knew something was weird going on around her apartment, but she didn't know that it was Steven. Um, she, even a year before all of this had happened, she told her sister that like things felt weird. It felt like somebody had been in her apartment, um, but she couldn't really like say why, like, why did it feel weird that you were in there? Or, you know, that somebody had been in there. Um, it was just a weird feeling. This is one of those moments like you have to trust your gut. Like, trust that feeling. It's there for a reason, those instincts. Um, and she also actually had received a call from a friend who had spotted someone spying on her. And weird, this person had saw someone with a large stick and a camera on top of it pointing the stick toward, or the camera towards Lauren's apartment. Investigators also found that Lauren had sent her last email the evening of June 
2011 to her boyfriend at the time, David Van Diver. He had gone on a trip to California and they had investigated him just in case, you know, because they always look at the significant other, but he had all the proof that like he, he wasn't in California at the time that Lauren ended up going missing. And she even mentioned that, that someone, she thought that someone had tried to break into her apartment the night, a couple of nights before on the 23rd, but she even downplayed the situation, probably saying it was just making hoodlums. So police continued, right, that they were holding Dan, uh, Stephen because of the, he literally admitted to robbery. So they continued to search the complex. They were looking everywhere, trying to find anything, obviously, that they had already found the torso. Um, and, and they ended up going to a laundry room and they found a hacksaw and a sheet that had been covered in blood. Um, and they ended up doing tests on the blood that was on the hacksaw and it was Lauren's blood. And this dumbass, I heard that he tried to blame the, the hacksaw that it was like the handyman's who would then also have like a master key and everything. But this dumbass, he left the packaging for the new hacksaw in his apartment and he also had a pair of her panties. So th <sighs> he's horrible. He um, was charged, ended up being charged with her murder. And they also found in on a flash drive in his apartment, um, 30, he also got charged with 30 counts of sexual exploit exploitation um, of children because he found, they found pornographic images of children on his flash, on a flash drive on his computer. So he's going down for something. He initially, because he's a pussy, didn't uh, plead guilty. Um, but then when the prosecutors agreed to drop the sexual, the child sex exploration charges, he changed his mind. He ended up, um, this is about three years after everything had happened, he ended up pleading guilty to the murder. Um, and as part of the deal, he told the court, he would tell the court what he did to Lauren um, and those charges, um, the child pornography and the burglary charges from before would be dropped. And it pisses me off very much that those got dropped because I hope the people in prison with him find out. Because he deserves, that deserves to get found out. Because I know that people get with kid, anything, violence against kids, generally, and against women, you're going to be in for a rough life in prison. And I don't care if the charges got dropped. They were still charged at one point, And you're a bad person. So, his recollection of what happened, or and this is exactly what he said happened, in the early mornings of uh, June 26, 2011, um, he, this is this his confession, uh, confession. He said he used that master key to enter her apartment. He watched her while she was sleeping for a while. And then as he continued to move forward towards her, one of the floorboards creaked and it woke her up and she saw him and she said, get the fuck out. He ended up jumping on the bed and grabbing her throat. She fought for her life. And then she ended up pulling, because he had a mask on his face, pulling a, a mask off, the mask off of his face. And she pled with him like, hey, please stop. Like, Stephen, please stop. Because she knew who he was. 
They ended up falling off the bed and her legs got caught under the bed. So she couldn't really kick him and defend herself as well because she was kind of caught under the bed. Um, he did not let go of her throat and continued strangling her until she stopped moving. He said that it took about 15 minutes. He then dragged her body into the bathroom of her apartment and he ended up just going back to his apartment. The next night, he ended up going back with the hacksaw that he had bought and dismembered her body. He then ended up, he spent the night, the day in his apartment. He was on the internet all day. Um, and when, then he had the hacksaw, he came back uh, he said he decapitated her and dismembered her body. Uh, he did tell his own lawyer that he sat down and cut off every finger and bone and appendage on her hands. And he threw them in a toilet and flushed it one at a time. And then he ended up putting her body parts in multiple trash, black trash bags. He said to the court that he had put the limbs and body parts in different dumpsters. But unfortunately, at that point, it was way too late for them to find any of that stuff. And that's why they only found their torso. If the torso, if the police had been called when they had been called, like it was trash day that day. They should have, it should have been picked up, but because they had already kind of taped everything off because they knew something was wrong, the truck, the garbage truck people couldn't come in and get that bag with her torso in it. Um, because if they had never found that torso, who knows, this might've been an unsolved mystery, right? An unsolved murder. Before the sentencing, her parents read a statement describing the impact of the killing he tried to extinguish Lauren's light with his darkness. He did not come close. A friend of hers also read a statement telling Stephen that you are the devil. As the judge sentenced him to life in prison, he described the crime as truly evil. The judge, Judge Howard Sims, did. The prosecution did not seek the death penalty as something that was something Lauren did not believe in or agree with. Um with the, de the death penalty. Several times this turd stain has tried to appeal. Um, in February, 2018, um, he actually argued that his constitutional rights were violated throughout the investigation and pretrial process. And he represented himself. Um, he also argued that investigators on the scene documented that he was verbally unresponsive and staring off into space and did not allow him to be cleared by medical staff with before reaching consent to search his apartment where they gathered the evidence that they used to plan uh, and use that against him in trial. Um, he also argued that his for that former attorney failed to dis uh, dispute that matter. In fact, um, and gave him pretty much an improper trial. Obviously he, this was rejected. Um, there was a bid for the new trial was rejected. In December 2022, so not that long ago, uh, he actually lost another round. Um, the U.S. District Court Judge Mark Treadwell dismissed his argument that prosecutors used stolen documents against him. Um, Treadwell didn't rule on whether this was true, but found that McDaniel or Stephen had missed the deadline for filing this petition. And um, he ended up uh, filing, appealed the ruling in the federal court in Atlanta. Georgia State Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court, and Richmond County Superior Court judges have all rejected any of his appeals. 
So he's a, a turd stain. And I, I did a, a, some research on this and, and I listened to a couple of other podcasts on this as well. And there had been something that he had wrote on like a red, I don't think it's like a Reddit, but essentially like this weird manifesto about having sex and losing his virginity and chopping someone up and just really, really horrible incel. And, and you can look at this guy and he, you can just tell that something's off about him. And I just, she was such a beautiful girl and it just, it's tra- like, she wanted to do all of this wonderful stuff for the world and work in criminal justice. And then to just be taken out like this is just truly, truly tragic. Her family continues to live, let her have her live on through them. So her daughter, uh, her sister um, actually named her daughter Lauren in her sister's memory. Um, they always continue to celebrate her birthdays. They have annual runs and softball uh, tournaments, um, as well as they carry on wearing pink on Wednesdays, which is from Mean Girls. Um, it was something that they started at Lauren's job. She would wear pink and eat cake on Wednesdays, um, similar to Mean Girls. Um, my mom's friends have tried to keep that up for her mom. And so they just continued to kind of do that for her. That's what her Sarah, her sister Sarah said. It's not like she doesn't, doesn't exist in her life. She does. Um, it's just different, said her sister Caitlin. She's also continued to be remembered in the Macon Bibb community, a plaque at Mercer Law School and a pink bench at Washington Park in the heart of the city carry on her memory and serve as reminders on how not, not about how, oh, how her life was taken, but who she really was. I'm very happy that this scumbag incel piece of shit will be in jail forever. I hope it's literally the worst day of his life every single day. Like I really sincerely hope that every single day gets worse. He's just the worst possible person ever. He's a fucking idiot. If we're being honest, he could have pretty much not said anything and they eventually probably would have found out, but he really shot himself in the foot and he's just a moron and I'm happy that he got caught. I'm happy he was in law school, y'all. He was going to try to be a lawyer. Could you imagine this creep? Oh my gosh. Imagine they had not got there in time that they had taken her torso away. And she, and he was a practice, practicing law in this country right now. Imagine that horrifying, horrifying to think about. So I'm very happy that her family took charge. They knew something was wrong and they really got there quickly as fast as they could. And this is just one of those reminders. Like if you feel like something's wrong, something's not right, get out of there, get out, do something. Don't stay there. If you don't feel comfortable where you're at, go somewhere that you do feel comfortable. And he, these kind of, there are people everywhere that are horrible like this. And I just want everybody to be safe, um, and continue to just do the best you can every single day, um, and be safe. And I said that already, <laughs> um, this is pregnancy brain for you. Just be safe out there. Uh, I want you to all, you know, continue to love on your animals. You can find me on my, all my different social medias. Um, we will be kind of talking about what the future of this show looks like here in the coming weeks. I don't know that yet. I, I've got a lot of self-reflection to come up on. 
because my life is about to change dramatically. And um, we'll think about what the future of this all looks like. And I hope that you all continue to do well. Find me on my socials. That's, you know, the CO Dog Mom podcast. I will talk to you all very soon. And I hope you all are well. Bye.